0: Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast, with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture.
1: It's not a good day when you share with a religious leader, a pastor, a priest, or a pope, and you say, well, you know what? I I, I bit the cat. And they, and, and they go, you what? How could you? That's weird. Because Jesus said, and Paul says, those who don't, who don't know me, they do the same thing. So I've never done that. Did you think about it?
0: You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs.
1: Matthew chapter seven verse one. Listen to this: Judge not—that's the word condemn. See, we see the word judge not, and we say, "You can't tell me, you can't... hey, it's none of your business what I'm doing over here, this, that, and the other." Oh, yes, it is. No, the Bible says, "Judge not." No, the Bible says here, Matthew seven one, condemn not. We have no authority. It is not to us. Judge not or condemn not that you be not condemned. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And you do, and why do you look at the speck, a speck like a grain of sand, you know, in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrites. (laughs) That's Jesus. He's so subtle. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Is that graphic? Can you imagine this guy coming up, and he's got this two by four in his eye, and he's going, you got something wrong with you. (laughs) That's how God sees this. Right, we look really amazing on the outside. It's like wow, and then God, but God, you, God's glasses—it's like you know, like infrared vision. He puts his glasses on, you, man, a plank sticking out of that guy's face, and he's telling that guy that he's got a problem with his speck. What's Jesus saying? He's saying that there's a difference about being personal with God versus religious with God. Amen. Matthew chapter seven verse fifteen: Beware of false prophets, and we'll throw in false teachers as well, right? Who come to you in sheep's clothing? But inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Amen. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes? What's the answer to that? No. 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 Do you get figs from thistles? No. Nope. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. It's very simple. It's very clear, very direct. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied or proclaimed, preached? It doesn't mean tell the future. It means didn't we preach in your name? Didn't we give messages? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders or miracles in your name? Don't you think if you saw that stuff happening, you'd think, wow, that person's going to be somebody in heaven, right? Imagine if somebody, imagine if you saw somebody preaching, performing miracles, doing all these things. Wouldn't you in our psyche just kind of automatically say, wow. Jesus just blows that up. Verse 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken on him as a wise man who built his house on a rock. is that powerful? It's so quiet in here because we're convicted. I call Jesus Lord. I prophesy, I preach. I'm not sure if I've ever cast the demon out of anybody. I don't think I've ever raised anybody. No, I'm pretty sure I have not raised anybody from the dead. (laughs) But you you think of those things as assets, can you imagine uh, you're, a, you're a pastor applying for a, a new job at a church and and what can you say about yourself I, I've prophesied in Jesus name. Uh, he is my Lord, Lord, Lord right uh, raised a couple of dead people and cast out some demons and the person. If they're not thinking, they would say, oh, you're hired. But if they are thinking, they would say, let me get back to you. I'm going to pray a little longer on this. Why? Because that means nothing. Jesus is talking about a reality. Is it a reality that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life? Not some law, not some rules, not some church or religion or denomination. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 7 says there, uh, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely, you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. That's terrifying to think about. The legalist versus those who truly know God. I wrote down a little checklist here. Let's see if it works. It worked this morning very early in the morning. Let's see if it works now. In my personal experience, the legalists are prolific hypocrites. I've watched them over the years. That's one, one thing great about being a Christian for decades upon decades is you begin to see things. And you see things fall into patterns. Um, and I wrote this down. I hope it doesn't offend you, but it's just in my head because I think Chuck Smith said it years ago. And so the legalist will say things like this. Um, they'll tell you not to uh, smoke, drink, or chew. Young people don't know what that means. That's chew tobacco. Don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go out with girls who do. (laughs) And that was the rule. And they're very quick to point that out. And more. They will, listen, the legalists will lay burdens on you. I want you to think right now. Any religion that says, now, for you to get better in your situation, you need to do these things. The moment that, are you listening, church? Yes. The moment anyone of religious standing says, for you to get better with us and God, you need to do these things. Here, let me, let me just give you a little thing here, and you just come back in a week when you're done. And we'll just make sure you get bumped up the God list. I can't believe you did that. What? It's not a good day when you share with a religious leader, a pastor, a priest, or a pope, and you say, well, you know what? I, I, I bit the cat. And they, and, and they go, you what? How could you? That's weird. Because Jesus said, and Paul says, those who don't, who don't know me, they do the same thing. So I've never done that. Did you think about it? The second thing I've observed in life is that you never feel loved by them. You never feel secured after talking to them. You never feel uplifted or edified. You don't get instruction from them. You don't get correction. You don't get guiding. That leaves you desiring God more. When you meet with them, you desire God less. You put your head down, you walk away defeated. Jesus is never in that. Can you all hear me? He's not in it. He will speak to you and he will encourage you. And listen, no matter who you might be today, and if you've committed some horrible sin, you know what he's saying to you? He's saying to you right now, give it to me, give it to me. Give it to me. Hand it to me. Even those who are addicted to something. You know what he's saying to you? Hand it to me. And you're saying, I don't, I can't, I can't. Give it to me. Just hand it, put it in my hand. And you're you're terrified because you know that the withdrawal is going to be brutal. Let him mitigate the withdrawal. Let him take care of the withdrawal. Whatever it is, religion will say, how could you? Go away from me. Jesus says, give it to me. It's like he takes it because he takes the wound of it. Mm. Only he can do it. Listen, he's the only one qualified to reach out and say, give it to me. You want to know why? Because 2,000 years ago, he felt it at the cross. And so now think of it. He's saying to you, Are you addicted to that drink? Are you addicted to that drug? Are you addicted to that porn? Are you addicted to that violence? Are you addicted to fill in the blank? He's saying, just give it to me. Just give it to me. He's that good. The scripture here goes on and he announces to us that regarding you and I and his righteousness that you and I are to live in the light. He goes on in verse 1, for you who judge, practice the same things. We don't need to belabor this. They are not walking in the light. The Bible is very clear about this. The word practice, look at it. In fact, it should be on the screen. Uh, The word practice means to attend to it. Those who practice these sins, they attend to it. Those who are not walking with God, they give their thoughts to it. Jesus said in John eight thirty six therefore if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In Galatians chapter six verse seven through ten, listen to this. Galatians six verses seven through ten, the Bible says, don't be deceived, don't trick yourself. God's not mocked; nothing gets pulled over His eyes. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Listen to this. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I'll come back to that in a second. And let us not grow weary uh, while doing good, for in due time, uh, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of faith, especially those who are um, in your vicinity, your brothers and sisters in Christ. When that verse there says, uh, so do the spirits, what does that mean? Uh, This is so liberating. This is so the sun setting you free. As a believer, if I choose to not do the things that I should do regarding strengthening my life for the day, whatever that is, I just... I just don't do it. I go into almost a state of neutral, and it's not good. Number two, if I'm a believer, and I do not invest in the things spiritually in my life, but in the flesh, and those things are sinful, I start out in a gross negative, right? I'm still a Christian, but it's tough going, Third, if I choose to walk in the Spirit, what can I expect? To walk in the Spirit is to, when he says, so do the things of the Spirit, it is to invest yourself in the things of God. It's very simple. We make it a big deal, but it's very simple. So we read a moment ago that those who practice those things, but do them, or they do them, they practice them, and they say you shouldn't, this is, this is walking in the Spirit. I, watch, are you ready? Don't miss it. Do you have your attention? <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Dear Lord, please don't let me become so polished as a Christian that I'm tempted to become almost professional at being a Christian. So routine, so ho hum about it all that there's no dynamic. There's no thrill at being a Christian. I play it safe. God, don't let me play it safe. Don't let me sow to the flesh. Because if I let my Christianity grow dull, now, if that's growing dull, then the things of the world begin to sparkle. Ooh, did you see that? Ooh, did you see the other? So, Lord, please don't let me do that. Rather, Lord, I'm asking you to attend to my mind. I'm asking you to take the word that I just read a moment ago about this person who condemns others, but they themselves entertain such evils. Lord, don't let my mind go down that road. And so, Jesus, as I go now to live my day, I'm going to ask you, please, now, keep ever before me your presence. Let me, keep me, make me walk in your light. Amen. Amen. And, and you, that's it. What I just showed you just now begins the day of walking in the spirit. And we can all do this. And I trust you do. When you and I do things that are not honoring to God, we are obviously not walking in the spirit. And to walk in the Spirit is not some mystical glow. No, to walk in the Spirit is to make a decision. I'm not going to condemn people. I'm not going to waste my time making that decision. It's ill, it's wrong, it's sin. Rather, I'm going to decide to walk with Him. So who do I think I am? I'm a forgiven child of God, who is, in this world, still a sinner. Yet, the process of my final sanctification has not yet come. Oh, he's sanctifying you and I every day, is he not? He's working on us, and he's talking to us, and he's showing us. But the final sanctification, that final act, is the moment you and I transition out of this world and into the kingdom that we're longing for and desiring, his kingdom. His world, his government, his rule. It's absolutely awesome to think. So the question is, is the kingdom in you? If the kingdom of Christ is in you, you can sit here and hear a message like this today and say, yep, yep, wow. If God's kingdom is awaking you, you can see and say to yourself, I need to get this taken care of. I need to take this to Christ. I need to be right with Him. And that is so very liberating.
0: This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected.
1: Real life,